Welcome to Five Shot Weekly. Rumors, news, and the signing abound. And it's the second edition of In the Club. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Tanner and Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for new streams and surprises on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 9pm on twitch.tv slash TV. So let's get into the player signing, guys. And so Jurgen Dam, previously of Tigris in Liga Emekis, has officially signed for Atlanta United. Now, there were rumors pretty uh, recently and also uh, for the past, I think, like half year as well, maybe eight months as well, where, uh, yeah, Dam was linked to us. It wasn't very believable, but all of a sudden, Darren Eels tweets and uh yeah you know uh it was pretty obvious at that point when it said that uh yeah Rhett may not but we do and it was obviously give a damn and it was a reference from gone with the wind and yeah, uh yeah interesting to pick gone with the wind right about now huh yeah just a little bit and so especially in this uh kind of landscape uh, social landscape, political landscape, yeah. So, um, you know, Felipe Cardenas of the Athletic noted that maybe it could have been a little bit insensitive, but um, yeah. Uh, uh, Felipe was saying that a little bit in jest too, but uh, I guess that tweet fired off, uh, or I guess brought some strong opinions the other way. So I don't know. Yeah, no, there. definitely. <laughs> it was divisive, <laughs> definitely for sure. But either no, way, no, it was no. yeah, it was obvious that it was damn. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously there were, there was another player that we were all thinking of. It wasn't Eric Lopez. Uh, so yes, Jurgen Dam is officially a five stripe and what, uh, you know, the Mexican player does bring is, uh, speed and pace on our, uh, wings. And so, you know, he is a guy that's, um, you know, now at 27 years old, Maybe hasn't exactly realized his full potential. Maybe the numbers were a little bit underwhelming. But uh, all in all, I mean, at Tigris, it seemed like the fan base, uh, largely enough, still loved him. He was part of uh, some championship sides as well. And so he is a winner. He is a guy that uh, Carlos Bocanegra has said that it's exciting to add a player with Jurgen's pedigree and winning mentality. Uh, Jurgen is a versatile. Uh, Jurgen is versatile to play on either wing, and with his pace and ability to beat defenders one v one to deliver a cross, he gives us another valuable weapon in our attack. So, what do you guys think of Dom to LA United, and you know what uh, what he brings to the side, really? Well, I'm curious to see what his cost is, first off, in terms of wages. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably going to be a TAM player or something in there. And if that's the case, then I think the expectations are obviously going to be a little bit higher for him because of that. He doesn't come. He comes with his flaws that people know of. Most of the stuff that people will see on Twitter is the fact that he's really quick, but he doesn't have a left foot. He's very one-footed with his right. And his final delivery into the box, whether that's crossing, shooting, you know, simple passes, has, been, has seemed to be something that he has lacked throughout his game. That 
has been like kind of the Achilles heel because he does have pace to burn. I mean, he has incredible amounts of that, which will be good for Atlanta United when you're trying to play against teams who are open and stretching the pace if you need to bring somebody on. But if he struggles with the final ball, it makes me curious as to how he fits into a DeBoer system where teams will be bunkering and playing very solidly against, you know, against Atlanta United. And will he have the ability to break defenses down? Yeah. And uh, before we get to you, Mark, yeah, he was at one point uh, in a study held by Pachuca, his previous club. He was reportedly the second fastest player in the world. And so, yeah, that pace definitely is something that uh, is a hallmark for him for sure. Uh, now, in terms of, uh, yeah, he won't be able to play in Orlando with the team because MLS uh, is just a little bit strange with their rules right now. We'll get into the thick of it a little bit later, but as of right now, he will not be able to join the team in Orlando for the MLS's back tournament. Mark, what do you think of the player? Yeah, um, you know, I can't claim to have ever watched him in an actual match, and I think that's, you know, the most important. You need to see him in gameplay to really formulate a real opinion. But, uh, you know, from what I know of him, yeah, he, he's got the pace. He's 6'1", so he's not small. Um, and, you know, he's typically been uh, an attacking midfielder in his previous stops. I think... Um, We've seen the board take attacking players like Justin Miram and Jake Mulraney and play them at wing back. And we did start off at a three in the back system earlier this season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being competition for maybe Brooks Lennon. I know, you know, he'll still have to cross and uh, yeah, from according to other supporters, he, his crossing leads a lot to be desired. Um, but, you know, he's obviously they're acquiring for a reason. He's got to play somewhere. Um, yeah, a little pace doesn't hurt. Yeah, uh, and you know, you brought up a great point there that, uh, yeah, he could maybe play some right wing back or maybe even right back at times because, well, according to uh, Rafael Nadar of BN Sports, uh, who spoke with Doug Roberson on his podcast, yeah, uh, he has played right back before. Uh, and so that's very interesting. So, you know, that's uh, a guy that's, I think, will give competition for Brooks Lennon, for. Uh, you know, Mulraney for, uh, you know, uh, Franco Escobar. I mean, there will be definitely, uh, you know, a few places maybe that he could play. Well, he's um, probably a right back on the team sheet, but not on the field. I would not expect <laughs> to see him defending very much. He right, just doesn't right. seem like that kind of guy. I think the biggest thing for him, though, is that he does have his detractors, but it, that means he kind of has something to prove, and he comes with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, I don't know the situation that led, you know, the details of the situation that left him to leaving Tigres for fun on a free, but, you know, you know, there's clearly something that happened there. Whether the club wanted him to stay or not, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think that it, coming here on a free, clearly he's interested in Atlanta, I think. And it's an interesting project. And I think there's upside. I think that trying to, you know, saying he's going to be a bad player off the bat is kind of silly. I think he's played at a level that's higher than a lot of the players in the squad. So I think it's probably an upgrade over some of the depth that you already had in the squad. And, you know, you needed to add, in my opinion, especially doing the FIFA series, Atlanta needs depth on the attacking side. There's not a lot there. And as we see with Joseph going out right now. So we got on to Eric Lopez in a second. But still, at the end of the day, he is a depth. He's, he adds depth to a lot of different positions and he gives a team lots of pace. And sometimes in a league like MLS, maybe you just need pace. And that can be, you know, what we need. Right. You know, I will say too, sorry, just real quick, yeah, you know, because he, he's played for uh, Mexico's, uh, I think, U21, but he's come through the youth levels in Mexico, um, and he's playing the biggest clubs in Mexico. I think he does come, he does seem to come with a little bit of international notoriety, and, you know, that can't hurt either, and like, to Sandra's point, like, at least the players he's played with and played against have been at a high level. 
Very true. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you train with very high-level players, I mean, and play with them, I mean, I think the level definitely absolutely should rise. So, uh, yeah, what's, uh, you know, the interesting part, like I alluded to before, was that uh, he will not be able to play in the MLS's back tournament. Why? It's because MLS, uh, according to Paul Tenorio of The Athletic, he said that coming out of the CBA negotiations, uh, so some teams, uh, yeah, basically were making the decision not to sign TAM and DP guys uh, in the two-day transfer window. Some teams did, but they can't play because MLS wanted to avoid these signings in this window for some reason. Uh, and then coming out of those CBA negotiations and pay cuts for players, it sounds like there was a concern about teams signing big money players in the initial window. So these players will be eligible to play after the tourney, but uh, yeah, non-TAM guys who are signed will be eligible to play. And so it seems like a little bit of penny pitching, maybe a little bit by the league, uh, which I mean makes sense in this like landscape of uh, the pandemic and the kind of loss of revenue and loss of wages and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it seems like they've kind of prioritized, uh, you know, not having big money signings because of money, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, this is COVID influenced as well. I don't mean, you know if there's, if there's a case of like some teams just not being able to do what other teams can, but uh, I don't know. You know, like this is just one of those another situation where there's not a whole lot of transparency from MLS other than this decision has been taken and that's it. You know, even people who cover the league are just kind of like, yeah, we don't exactly know why this is the case either. So. Yeah, I guess we have to assume it's penny pinching of some sort. I just, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. I think it's bold to, you know, to be optimistic about playing games this season in home markets, to be perfectly honest with you. Because right now, you know, it's not looking great, but... Mm -hmm. hey, we'll, we'll get to the uh, the COVID situation in Florida as well, for sure. But, right. uh, yeah, Tanner. Well, what, I mean, you know. I just think it's another situation, and I'll continue bashing this. You know, I just think MLS makes very stupid decisions with no transparency and doesn't seem to have a plan with most of the things that they do. And I don't understand this. I don't understand a league being able, and obviously there's been issues in other leagues, see baseball, but I don't understand a league crying poverty when you just took $350 million in expansion fees for Charlotte to join the league. And when you are taking all these things and like, oh, but we can't sign players and they can't play if they make $500,000. Like, they're already taking a pay cut. If the clubs can afford them, the clubs can afford them. It's not, the league needs to stop this whole bullshit about, oh, well, these clubs and these owners can't pay. Yes, they can. Kroenke has the money at Colorado. Um, these guys are have these guys have to have money to be in this league. If you don't get the hell out, it's not our problem to be as moving as slow as the poor as the poorest club. Like if United and Inter Miami and all these people can sign players, let them play. You want your product on the field to be as good as possible, right? That's what gets people to watch. That's what makes people's fans is when the product is good. But you're gonna be like, oh, we don't want. Nah, I'm like it's just another example of MLS pissing me off with dumb ideas and no transparency. Yeah, no, that's a great point that, uh, yeah, I mean, it does make the product better. And so it's a little bit inexplicable to not allow your teams, when you have a transfer window right before the tournament, If the, tra if the transfer window is open, but you can't play the players you're signing, <laughs> and that's not a transfer window, is it, MLS? Yeah, it's uh, it's very perplexing. I think maybe more will come out, and they'll give a reason. Which uh, will we accept it? Yeah. <laughs> Which 
Tanner says under his breath, it'll probably be trash. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, in that kind of regard as well, uh, the likes of an LGP who was rumored to be signing with Inter Miami uh, finally signed. And then, yeah, he is a TAM player and will not be able to play for Inter Miami. And so uh, until uh, August when the regular season returns. So yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where we're not the only ones affected as well, but it's obviously, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty agitating in a sense, but uh, going and continuing on with Jurgen Dam, uh, he's pretty actually prolific across social media and also on TikTok, as we saw on his uh, intro video that he did of himself, for himself, uh, where he did the little like a uh, blanket trick with the dogs he was pretty much shrouding our eyes, and yeah, he uh, uh, revealed himself in an Atlanta United kit. Uh, I he think, ended a yeah. little dance. <laughs> yeah. Did a little dance. Uh, whatever you think about the dance, I mean, dude is pretty prolific, uh, definitely on TikTok already, and so that's, I think, pretty exciting to see. A guy that uh, definitely, you know, knows his way around social media is fun. That, that, that kind of adds to the... Uh, you know, getting to know these players and, you know, the personality, I think that's a, a good part of, um, you know, being an Atlanta United player. We want to be able to see uh, them, you know, kind of showing out and, you know, giving us a little little glimpse into their personality. But, um, yeah, so uh, also moving on from that, though, uh, so kind of in conjunction because... Jurgen Dam did take a uh, in an international spot and uh, will take a visa to be able to uh, play for LA United. Luis Fernando, uh, who has or had a, uh, a first team contract, was waived today to create that spot for Jurgen Dam. And yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that uh, definitely showed some techers that were just very tasty against Montagua. It was, uh, yeah, a guy that I think shows a good bit of promise, is pretty young at 23, and now uh, I don't think he's going to probably maybe get signed by Atlanta 2 or anything like that. He's going to pretty much, because he had a first-team contract, just has to move on and um yeah I, I think maybe he might be you know it's good that he got waived in this time he might be able to be signed by another club uh in the, the kind of um you know run up to the tournament but does this leave us a little bit short uh you know in terms of wingers in terms of just options uh now yeah we're down a player and then we're down a guy that we just signed and we can't play so, yeah, we actually are really kind of a little bit shorter in depth. What do you guys think? Yeah, we are. I mean, you know, because Fernando did kind of break into the first team as well. He had an appearance, like you said, versus Motagua. And uh, it looked like this season, you know, had it been played normally, he may have gotten some looks here or there. Uh, so you lose that player and then you can't, you can't play. That's really, I think, the more, you know... Uh, the trickier part of this for Atlanta United or whatever, you know, it's just that he can't, Dom can't contribute to the tournament. So it is, it is what it is, though. I mean, like, how much, I know these, the games, the, the three games count towards the regular season, but how much importance are we as fans really putting on this tournament? I personally can't say I'm doing that too much, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, at least uh, the guys who are there will be able to play and get their legs under them a bit. Yeah. I mean, was he really going to play a huge part for you, Tanner, in the, yeah, uh, the proceedings? So. No, I don't think so. I mean, 
I think, yeah, he's decent, but at the end of the day, if they look, who would have confused, who do you think will play more and contribute more, Jurgen Dam or Luis Fernando? And I think, you know, the answer for that is, answer, I mean, is pretty clear for me. But, you know, yeah, you're right. It does leave Atlanta United short on depth for the tournament. But again, it's just another stupid reason why I think this tournament is a complete shambles. And we'll get into more reasons about that um, later in the pod. But yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. But honestly, I, I just, I really don't care what happens at this tournament. I'm being perfectly honest with you. All right. So, uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, over the past weekend, there was a rumor uh, for an another player uh, that, funny enough, didn't really come to fruition uh, before Jurgen Dom. And so, yeah, that player was Eric Lopez of Paraguay inside Olympia. And, uh, yeah, the rumor came about, I believe, on a Friday. And then it just heated up really, really quickly after that. Uh, and pretty much where, uh, yeah, it's... It was almost expected where Atlanta United would sign the player, uh, almost in a matter of like a couple of hours, which is insane. So it's almost I probably the fastest I think a, a rumor has just uh, come from, you know, oh, we're interested to a hey, full blown. We're probably going to sign this player. But uh, so in terms of uh, the specifics, uh, it was reported that it was maybe going to be a 3.7 million transfer fee for 80% of his rights. So a 20% sell-on fee if we ever sell uh, Lopez. And uh, yeah, there could be up to $5 million in terms of that, uh, you know, if uh, it reached that uh, with uh, add-ons. But uh, according to, uh, yeah, some the sources down there as well in, in Mexico, there was some smoke from a Liga Emeki's club in FC Juarez, uh, who apparently offered more in cash payment for him. Uh, whether that was actually just, uh, you know, an actual rumor or smoke, uh, we shall see until he is announced or if he moves at all, really. Because uh, right now, he still hasn't moved. He's still an Olympia player. We'll find out, but uh, according to the legal advisor uh, of Olympia, he said that the Eric Lopez or Eric Lopez is advanced uh, that deal anyway. There are document exchanges, but it's not closed yet. Uh, that's also the uh, yeah. In terms of reports out there, the director of Olympia, uh, Miguel Brunote, uh, he said only bureaucratic details are missing for the transfer of Eric Lopez to MLS. And he said that MLS is a tremendous shop window for an 18-year-old boy. So that also checks out. Uh, but also, Tata Martino was asked, because uh, he's been chatting with the media recently, and he gave his thoughts on the potential Eric Lopez deal. Uh, he said, quote, It is the perfect place to establish yourself. Miguel Miron showed that he can go to MLS, and he showed that he can be transferred out properly. It's a good jump for a young player. I mean, Tata Martino knows a thing about Paraguay and, you know, uh, MLS and Lee United. I mean, Miguel Miron, he's a guy that I think speaks with a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, if he says something like that, uh, yeah, I mean, you think he might know something uh, that maybe the, the general public doesn't know. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the player. So the player, he's uh, a guy who can play wide forward and center forward. He's, uh, yeah, looks like a guy who can get in behind really well and finish off moves, which is something we're probably really sorely missing with the uh, the injury to Joseph Martinez. And so, you know, you know, in terms of uh, what you guys think, for a guy to be brought in like this, uh, is he the piece that we're missing? Uh, you know, 18-year-old Paraguayan. Uh, you know, we've done pretty well with Paraguayans. What do you guys think? 
I mean, your signing potential, that's the first thing right off the bat, yeah. because he doesn't have an extraordinary amount of first-team experience. He's 18 years old. And you signed Ezekiel Barco at, what, 18 years old, but he had already won a Copa Sudamericana. So there was a big difference in terms of 18-year-olds that United have signed. This one, I feel like, is definitely more of a long-term project where, you know, the potential might be there and that skill might be there, but it's not like a Barco where you expect a firm to turn around in two, three-year span, and then you're going to move him on. I think it'll be a little bit longer for that, especially once Joseph gets fit, because... Joseph's going to play more games, but he could be a potential guy that, depending on his performances, could prove a ready-made replacement for someone like an Ezekiel Barco or something like that. I think the most important thing is, is it fits the profile of what the club wants to do. And like you said, AJ, he can play in a variety of positions across the front, which provides even more flexibility and depth for Frank DeBoer in terms of attacking options. All right, Mark? Yeah, I mean, the fee, I think, is what kind of jumped out to me, really, because, you know, I think it's... 3.7, possibly rising to 5, or, you know, there's a sell-on clause or whatever. But, uh, you know, for an MLS team, that's still a sizable investment. I mean, four or five years ago, that would have been a huge investment by an MLS team. So, and I think it shows you that, uh, yeah, there is a level to this player. One of the one of the people who had something to say about Eric Lopez was Roque Santa Cruz, you know, Paraguayan legend, and talked about uh, what a professional he is and how important it is for Paraguayan soccer that Lopez moved to MLS. Uh, with an eye on Europe and so I think all of that I think anytime you can get a South American who has potential to start for his national team you're getting a talent I think somebody who is uh, can can be a difference maker in MLS I also think you know with his sort of coming out of the blue so to speak I get the sense that like there was more of a long-term approach by the club on this one I imagine they scouted him before I imagine they knew they had a pretty solid idea of how much it would cost to get him and the timing of it you know it is the summer it's july 1st you know this is about when this transfer window will be opening up for mls and more importantly around the world and so tough the summer is typically i think the window where you get better players where you get better value so uh i think this is just a good pursuit by the club i think personally that he's eric lopez sounds more like a tito replacement than anything you know because like tito was a tam player you know and he was our first dp um, and he was a big talent. Uh, I think what Tito was 22 when he signed with LA United. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I, he, Eric Lopez, of course, even younger, but somebody who can get better, you know, and then LA United can profit ideally in the four, three or four or five years. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's an encouraging move overall. I, I haven't seen the player again, you know, but I think it has the frameworks of a solid deal. Right. No, I mean, it's always difficult uh, to kind of prognosticate these uh, kind of South American players who are very young and haven't played a whole bunch. I mean, many people haven't seen these type of players uh, play a whole bunch, you know, uh, either on video or face to face, any of that. But uh, uh, I will say this not to cut you off real quick, AJ. I will say this just to say it. I feel more comfortable, even though I know that sounds crazy, even though I haven't seen this player with the fee associated and things that have been said about him, I feel more comfortable about an Eric Lopez coming in and having to lead our line than like an Adam John or a JJ Williams. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but like it is the reality situation. Adam John was a $100,000 signing from USL. This is a $3.7 million signing from Paraguay. Like there's clearly something there. So I feel like that's what the club looked at, said, hey, we need more options here. We need something better, younger with potential. And I think that's what they're going for. And that's what I'd like to see as far as those kind of signings. So last thing I'd say on that. 
Yeah, and uh, definitely, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, you guys make great points about uh, long term. I mean, the uh, the rumors were that it could be for five years, and so uh, definitely he would be a guy that maybe uh, you know stays here a little bit longer, and uh, we develop him to be able to ship him out at his max and peak value. Uh, now, in terms of uh, you know what Lopez, I think ultimately uh, you know might be uh, you know that Tito replacement, great. Uh, I think really uh, astute observation there because of uh, yeah us needing maybe a second striker like he uh, you know also has played with Roque executive Cruz uh, at Olympia who's a guy who's 38 has loads of experience and uh, probably was able to glean a little bit to uh, his younger compatriot and so yeah it's definitely I think somebody that has learned uh, a good bit also uh, you know, was on a winning side, uh, you know, so I think it's, it's definitely, he's got a little bit of good experience, obviously, uh, you know, can, and if he comes to us, could grow into a, a pretty big talent for us. So, uh, in terms of, uh, though, the rest of the other roster moves for Atlanta United, uh, John Gallagher, uh, returns from his loan from Aberdeen FC, that defender slash forward, very versatile player that uh, may or may not see a role uh, with LA United, or you know maybe is just currently depth that kind of at least knows a little bit of the system and has played uh, with us before. Uh, it'll be good to you know have a player like that. Uh, also, Manuel Castro got his loan extended from Estudiantes, and well, yeah, he barely even got he got 15 minutes. Uh, against uh, Club America, so you know he obviously was going to be extended. Uh, he will get, be extended to the end of the season, and so that will be. Uh, I think, yeah, these guys that will uh, provide a lot of uh, depth for us, but also with Castro, probably some upside and seeing what he can offer. So it'll be. Uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing what he can do. But uh, moving on from that. Uh, yeah, a video of Joseph Martinez kicking a ball against the wall in the, uh, the medic room, I mean, is, or the training room, I mean, has damn near broken the internet. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's obviously, it's great to see him getting better and just him getting strength in his knee, I think gets people excited. Although, yes, we should still, obviously quell any of the uh, the thoughts of him returning even uh, this month, uh, really even this year, but if he comes back, you know, earlier than that, it's all a plus, but uh, that's, I think, you know, I think we're all excited to see Joseph Martinez uh, being able to, to prop any sort of weight on his leg, but um, yeah, so anyway, moving on from that, uh, some clarity on the MLS transfer windows. Uh, that pre-tournament, it's July 6th and 7th, and then that secondary transfer window is August 12th through October 29th, uh, and only non-TAM DPs or non-TAM and slash DPs signed during the two-day window will be allowed to play in MLS. Is back, so uh, kind of reiterating what we were saying earlier. But uh, yeah, so Atlanta United could be arriving. Uh, at least they have to uh, arrive on July 4th because the first match is July 11th versus Red Bull New York. But uh, yeah, they uh, I think at the very least in some uh, yeah 
some reports are saying that they will be leaving on July 4th and uh, and getting there. And so, you know, uh, it's one of those, they will be arriving into a little bit of a COVID fest down there. It's, uh, yeah, not too pretty right now. And uh, yeah, MLS confirmed that 26 coronavirus cases uh, ahead of the MLS's back tournaments. And also today, that six FC Dallas players uh, tested positive for COVID-19. I mean, that's terrible for FC Dallas. I mean, that's uh, hopefully they can get well and get well fast, but that's, uh, I mean, I, I doubt those guys are gonna play. And so, because uh, it's what, two weeks for a quarantine? Woo, yeah, that ain't gonna be, uh, that ain't happen probably. But uh, yeah, it's it just further compounds what's happening down there. But uh, on top of that, you even have a, uh, a sandwich that uh, is very eerily reminiscent of Firefest, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, the whole uh, yeah, documentary, if you've seen it. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's not a great looking uh, packed lunch. Um, it's a kind of bruised banana. It's a sandwich that uh, doesn't look entirely too appealing but uh and then just a little pack of like um the the best part might be the potatoes that are like uh <laughs> in the little uh box but um but either way apparently it was only for the uh the people that were quarantined for the first 12 hours so it's not going to be every single meal but uh the other photo that omar gonzalez posted on his twitter uh showed how much at least the uh, players were initially paying, and of course I think they'll be uh, reimbursed by the team and maybe by MLS, um, you know, but uh, yeah, it looks like Disney is gouging everyone that's going down there. Shocker, but, who knew, yeah. who knew, who knew that this tournament was gonna be a fire fest of a tournament? It is going to be, because the thing that people keep talking about is, oh, well, there were positive tests before the Bundesliga came back, or the Premier League came back. But if you look at their overall case numbers in terms of how they have controlled the virus, look at their numbers now. Their numbers are almost non-existent compared to the, what United States is dealing with. And Florida is one of the leading case, like states with cases in the entire United States. You're quarantining all these players in a place where COVID is already high, not like it's not there anymore. And you're asking them to play, and if players test positive, then the teams aren't gonna be able to fully field a team. And if the team signed players just in case, those players can't play now. So, like, honestly, what kind of shambolic product are they going to be turning out when we wake up at 9 a.m. in the morning or 10 p.m. at night to watch these teams play? Honestly, and speaking of Firefest, Don Garber ain't going to do anything to get water for anybody. So, like, this, I, I do not understand what the league is trying to accomplish right now. And I just know, like, this tournament is just going to be a shambles. I don't care what happens with Atlanta United. I honestly, at this point, I just want them to work on their fitness, be safe. Try not to have as many people test for COVID positive as possible and not get hurt and just get back and whatever sham of a season comes after, comes after. But like this whole thing just pisses me off. And yeah, it's just, it's stupid. And I'm honest to God, not shocked in the slightest at all. Yeah, Mark, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the thing that scares me the most is the six positive tests for FC Dallas. I mean, I, you know, it, there's the uh it's a quarter have, of their squad yeah we already had the the issue with the orlando pride having to drop out of their particular tournament because of the outbreak in their squad and i just feel like that could easily happen i mean like at the end of the day you're talking about 26 squads in one you know sort of bubble obviously everybody you know everyone will be separated and so on but i just think you're depending on a lot of 
personal responsibility and discipline. And I, I don't know. I'm not too convinced. You know what I mean? And just, yeah. I, I, I just feel like there's. I just want to see what happens when there's an outbreak. If there's an outbreak, I really when, hope there isn't. When, 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, Hopefully there's not. not. But uh, yeah, they are. And you know, there was a report on uh, by MLS Gabor on Twitter, I believe that. Uh, yeah, what the MLS bubble looks like, the resort. There's lots of games for them to play, and all like there's, uh, you know, pool. Uh, yeah, uh, pool like a billiards. League tournament for like teenagers, not for professional Ooh. athletes. Yeah, and it's one of those things where yeah, 26, and then you multiply that by you know how many members there are of each team, and plus staff and everything else. I mean, that's like 50 some odd people uh, times 26. I mean. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of mingling going on probably as well. This, yeah, it definitely uh, causes some concern for sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll hope for the best for everyone involved and for their health as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not looking too hot right off the right off the bat anyway. So, uh, yeah, moving on from that, um, apparently to a report uh, that. MLS jerseys or kits will have uh, additional advertising on them uh, during the MLS's back tournament. Uh, it will be on a sleeve, and so teams are already permitted to sell ads on the right sleeve. Uh, so, you know, why not the other sleeve for the lost revenue that, uh, you know, they probably won't be able to get because, yeah, you won't be able to have the billboards and the uh, you know, on the sidelines and everything and just, uh, you know, the kind of eyeballs that they would normally want to have. So, I mean, do you guys, do you guys feel like, really quick, you know, is that an impediment? Do you guys care? What do you think? I don't care. I mean, the clubs need to make money somehow. I mean, you were going to see it eventually anyway. I think I just don't want them to look at these jerseys, no offense. I just don't want 37 different sponsors over it, but a couple of sleep patches aren't going to hurt me. Mark? Yeah, I mean, however you can generate revenue, right? I mean, this, Europe has already uh, started putting sponsors on their sleeves, so I think it was only a matter of time before MLS followed suit. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on from that to Atlanta United 2, they have finally signed Patrick Nielsen, the center back that was uh, drafted in the 2020 MLS Super Draft. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he's a guy who's been in limbo pretty much because of the pandemic and a little bit right before uh, where we're... You know, playing in Champions League and whatnot, uh, he's a guy that finally gets his contract uh, because, well, yeah, LNU two are uh, set to play on July 11th as well, and their group draw or not really a draw, they just uh, put them all together with the kind of regional rivals, uh, so to say, with Charleston Battery, with Miami FC, with Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, our old friend. Romario Williams will be a guy that uh, has pretty much played for three of these clubs already. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that will be very familiar with all the clubs involved. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, LNA2 also playing. That's, I think, great experience for the LNA2 guys. Uh, you know, pretty much I think they've been kind of setting it where it's a little bit more that, uh, you know, LNA2 has their own roster. So, I think that's a little bit maybe uh, where it could be a little bit more competitive than previously they have been. So, uh, but either way, hopefully they get uh, and stay healthy as well. 
But moving on from that, Breck Shea, uh, previously of us and also Fort Lauderdale FC, he officially also signed with Inter Miami. Uh, Paul McDonough, the uh, you know the VP of Inter Miami, is doing it again. He's just—it's uh, nonstop. He just uh, must sign. Oh, man. That's three <laughs> players now. Brad, three players. Blackie, LGP. Yep. yep. He just—he uh, can't help himself. And uh, I mean, thankfully, they're just kind of guys that I guess you know we didn't want so you know he picks them up that's that's good it's not like uh it's a guy that's uh maybe we necessarily you know uh I think the majority of fans are like hugely going to miss in a sense but uh I think you know shameless plug uh Breck Shea was a super dope human and uh very very nice person uh that uh you know did our tats with uh with Devin and yeah I mean you should watch the video if you haven't. It's very, very, uh, I think, insightful into uh, what type of guy that Breck Shea is, and he's a good dude. But uh, anyway, moving on from MLS as a whole and onto a former Five Stripe and friend in Miguel Almiron, he uh, just can't stop scoring. I mean, he, uh, I think some would say, maybe scored his uh, best goal in a Newcastle shirt with a right-footed finish. Uh, a little bit of a, a chip, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's leading Newcastle in goals right now. Uh, who would have thought? I mean, a guy that wasn't really, I mean, before January wasn't finishing a whole ton, and now he's leading their team. I mean, yeah, Miggy, he's doing bits. He can't stop scoring, and it's great to see. I mean, he's a guy that we all are rooting for, I think, hopefully. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> There are some some people that you know when I post stuff uh, about Miguel Miron on social media, they're like, you know, move on, he's gone, and all that type of stuff. And I'm just oh, like, I love that man. Yeah, it's like we want to see. If you're a United, United, you should have reached out to him to call Eric Lopez and be like, yo, go to Atlanta. It's good for you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think him putting in a good word for uh, Lopez, if he you did or didn't, I mean, I think that would have been the uh, you know the. Um, what maybe what yeah? You know, what would have made him sign on the line? I think. I mean, it's like a guy that's in Europe right now, and he's saying, "Yeah, you should sign there." <sighs> Done. But, but anyway, so uh, that does it for the news, and uh, gets us to a little bit of housekeeping. And so Tanner has been playing Atlanta United on Twitch in the EFL Championship, and really doing quite well. He's uh, second next to oh, West Brom. still not in first place. Yeah, who have been absolutely killing it, and uh, have only given, like, I, I think, conceded five goals or something. It's ridiculous. I think it's still, like, uh, 10 goals in 29 games. Some just absurd number. Yeah, and there are around 40 games in uh, in the Championship, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's there's still something good. It's 46. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, Tanner has been killing it. And uh, yeah, so join us at twitch.tv slash ATLUTDFanTV. Uh, we will be doing some more streams there. Check it out. So anyway, that does it for all of that and gets us to the second edition of Soccer Trivia Showdowns in the club. And yeah, Tanner will give you the rules and all that. He's your quiz master. Take it away. Right, so I, I have a list of footballers, and I will say to whoever's first, in this case, Mark will go first because he won last week, so he'll get to go first. I will tell how many clubs that player has played for, and then Mark and AJ will go back and forth bidding on how many 
clubs they can name. If you name a club incorrectly, the other person gets a point. If you name them all correctly, then you get a point. First person to five will win. And as our first one for Mark today, it is Brad Guzan, and he has played for five clubs. How many can you name? I can name all five. All five? All five. All right. Mark is feeling very confident (laughs) off the get-go. All five. All right, Mark. I got uh, Chicago Fire. And AJ. Yes. He's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. Never played for Chicago Fire. He played for Chivas, which was the only MLS club he played for before uh, he moved to Atlanta United. I didn't say, who else could you have gotten if you hadn't said Chicago incorrectly? I wanted to see if you had the other ones correct. It's a, it's a, it, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. AJ's already got the point because you said Chicago. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have said Chivas, uh, Villa, Middlesbrough, and Atlanta United. And whole city. Whole city. Whole city. Woo. Yeah, I, would. I didn't have whole it. Whole city. Have there you go. Oh, All right. Okay. So, a second play. Andre Pirlo has played for six clubs. How many can you name? You said, said Andrea Andre, Andre, Andre Pirlo yep. has played for yeah. six You're clubs. Cutting How many can you name? Ah, sorry. Uh, it's all right. Um, uh, let's see. Three? If they can name three, Mark, can you name four? There's a bit of strategy here, ladies and gentlemen. You got to see if you can goad the person into naming more. There, there's a strategy here. No. No, I can't. Uh, no. All right, AJ, I need you to name me three clubs that Andrea Pirlo has played for. Yep, NYCFC, Juve, AC Milan. Uh, absolutely. Also could have named Brescia, where he started his career. He briefly played at Inter Milan and also played at Regina. Mm-hmm. So, that's two points to AJ. Back over to Mark. This one should be interesting. Kaká has played for four clubs. How many can you name? I can name three. AJ, can you name all four? (laughs) I got to think of that first one, man. Damn it. Oh. Even sometimes when it's only four clubs, there's one in there that's just like, if you know it, you know it. Yeah. And it's it's crazy how you think that he's played for, he's one of those players where you think Kaká would have played for more teams. He's only played for four clubs. Mm -hmm. Damn it. I know the three. I just can't. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Let him try. All right. Go for it, Mark. Uh, AC Milan, Real Madrid, Orlando City. Now, Bing, Bing, and Bing. Was that fourth club? Was it uh-huh. Sao Paulo? It was. Oh, man. It. Oh. it was Sao Paulo. I almost had the balls, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so it's two to one for AJ. All right, next player. This is going to be great because AJ loves this player. Like, he is one of AJ's favorite players in the whole wide world. It's Nani. Oh, what? AJ, <laughs> hey, hey, not, not my favorite player, player in the whole world. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck this player. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, let's just go for two for now. All right. 
And they can name two. Mark, can you name three clubs that Nani has played for? Come on, you guys have to know at least three. Yes, I can name three. You can name three. AJ, can you name four? How many was it again? Six. He played for six clubs. Uh, go for it, Mark. Three, right? Go for it. Three. Um. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> Orlando City. Huh? Man United. Huh? Benfica. No, it is yes. not Benfica. It is Gross. Sporting Lisbon, the no. other club in the city. <laughs> he, he started his career at Sporting, went back on loan. He also played at Fenerbahce, Valencia, and Lazio. Fenerbahce was the other one I was trying to remember. I know he went. Oh, man. Yep. So another one for AJ via the own goal route. Oh, now, man. this will be an interesting character. I wanted to get to him last week. But he has played in quite a few places. But how many can you guys name? That would be the hero of the United States for many people. Not true at all. I'm lying. Josie Altador has played for eight clubs. AJ, how many can you name? Oh, no, it's Mark. Oh, is it Mark? Is it Mark it again? Is. Oh, yeah. Mark. Josie Altador, how many clubs can you name? Okay, let's see. Played for eight. Uh, ah. I knew five before I looked it up mm -hmm. for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm right. going to say four. Four. Ooh. Four. AJ, can you do five? And you said eight, right? It's played for eight clubs. Go for it, Mark. Four. Okay. Uh, Toronto. Of course. Uh, Valencia. Uh, no, not Valencia. Yes. Oh, the Real! Real. No! The Real! Mark, you get into the own goal oh. again! Oh. Who would have been your next two if you had said Villarreal? I'm just curious. Not that it matters, but who else would you had? Um, uh, shit, that was Sunderland and yep. Ole, right? Ole City, yep. Yeah. You also could have named Red Bull, because uh, that's where he started his career in MLS was at Red Bull. And then Serez, CD, I don't know. Um, Hull City, Bursa Sport, Azed Alkmaar, then Sunderland, and then his move to Toronto. So, did, did he play Portugal at all? No? Uh, I'm not sure. That might have I don't know where Zerez CD. That might have been a Portuguese I thought he played team. for Benfica at some point. Maybe. Okay. All right. So, that leaves it down to ages up four to one. Clint Dempsey played for four clubs. Can you name all four of them, AJ? Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say three. Three. Mark, can you name all four? It's kind of a big one here because if Mark can name all four, he's in a decent spot, then yeah. AJ, can AJ get three of them? I think AJ can get three of them. Okay. I'm gonna go for it. Four? All right. The key Four. is to where he started his MLS career, to be yeah, honest. That's, that's, that's a lot easier. Right. So I'll go through the ones I already know Seattle, Fulham, Spurs, yeah. Tottenham. Um, and he started his career at Chivas. No! He started yes! his career at New England, New England. Revolution. Yes! Oh, right. Oh, no. how could I forget that? Oh, that's, that's on me. 
Mm. Bulakasha AJ with a very strong five to one victory in this one. Out here finishing like West Ham. <laughs> oh jeez, jab. Wow. Okay. For context. I'm out of here. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Don't don't, don't shut it up. Don't shut it up. It, it messes with the, the cameras. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, no, that's uh, commiserations, Mark. Uh, yeah, I think I, I strategized you to death. I think. But... Oh, excuse me, sir. You know what? playing on the counter today. I <laughs> like West Ham, right? I, I choked with uh with uh Josie because I was gonna say Red Bulls at first. And I was like, no, I'm going to skip that one. Ah, I got overconfident with Valencia. Mm, yeah, so. it was Villarreal. Yeah, I mean, I think more than one person has confused Valencia and Villarreal. That's totally fair. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I don't I don't fully... At least, at least you can rest easy knowing AJ knew all four clubs. For <laughs> Even though you said three, he knew all four. <laughs> well played. It was the bait, but uh, anyway. Hey, right, hey well, like I said, like I said, their strategy here, their strategy here to get, see if you can go at them into into naming a player. So, well played to AJ. It is I appreciate you. Yeah, commiserations to Mark, but I mean, I think you had majority of. It. I think the uh, maybe the lights got to you for a second, but yeah, uh, I believe in you in the next round. But uh, but anyway, moving on from that, it was a, a fun game this time for in the club, and uh, that pretty much does it for the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, uh, which player are you honestly more excited about, Jurgen Dom? Or Eric Lopez. Let us know in the comments below uh, because, yeah, they both might potentially come to Atlanta United. In really, uh, you know, we might find out tomorrow when this uh, pod drops. We don't know, but uh, you know, let us know in the comments below what you think. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Tanner and Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.